It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. For all your fantasy football needs, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with me, Danny Kelly, along with Danny Heifetz and Craig Horlbeck. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome in to episode 293 of The Full Goal Podcast, brought to you by The Ringer and, of course, Spotify is the game. My name is Jason Goff, because we're just going to set it straight off the top. I know why you're here. If you've never come here before, I know why you've made your way to this space. Uh, I want to get out the pleasantries to start this thing. We want to get those out the way. Happy Independence Day to my fellow Belizean people out there, right? Happy birthday to my man, Big Joe, down there in Atlanta. Shout out to you, Joe. Love. You know, happy birthday to my man, Gator. That is it for the niceties and the pleasantries on tonight's broadcast. We do this thing Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, by the way. If you you fancy it, go ahead and tell a friend. You know, life is hard. We work hard, right? We're getting ready to hit another little downturn, they say, economically. People out there trying to save up their coins, battling through the week as always. The fourth quarter is about to hit us over the head, right? The snow is coming. The winter is coming. All those things. And every once in a while, maybe on a Sunday, sometimes on a Monday, even a Thursday at times, you want to just take your mind off of a little Bears football, Right. The first two weeks of the season haven't gone the way that the Bears or Bears fans would like. 
So you get ready for week three in the Kansas City Chiefs after what Tampa Bay did. You're thinking to yourself, it's going to be a long shot. So how do the Bears start their week, ladies and gentlemen? You ask yourselves? Well, I won't even, I won't even play around with it. And it is, this is in no specific order. This is how things went while I was sitting on my couch watching Twitter and the world explode outside of me. Because the natural discourse that used to have context and nuance and all the things that we used to kind of engage in gone out the window at this point. And this situation over the last couple of days is one for the ages. I've seen this team hire a coach and then not hire him in Dave McGinnis, right? I've seen some sad times with this team where God bless my man, Dan Jiggis, the, one of the first people I worked for in this business. When, when Walter Payton told everybody what was happening with him and his illness, and you see Dan's hand go in there and pull his man close to him. Yeah, I've seen some things with this squad. I've seen the Brandon Marshall press conference where Brandon Marshall just decided to hand out packets and talk to people about his life and about mental illness in the middle of a season. I've seen Lance Briggs, shout out to LB out there. I've seen Lance Briggs open up a barbecue restaurant in the middle of the week and say to hell with y'all, I ain't got to tell nobody nothing. The Mark Tressman years. I say that to say this. I've seen so many things as a Bears fan that there is nothing that could possibly surprise me under God's yellow sun, under the blue skies that we all travel beneath in this great city of Chicago. And guess what happened? Guess what happened, y'all? On Wednesday, we hit a new low in terms of oddity, in terms of uh, uh, growth, in terms of development, and hell, in terms of a team handling a PR situation the right way. And I know there are going to be people who are upset with me that are a part of the Chicago Bears organization. Well, guys, gals, you brought it on yourself with this one. I want to start where we should start. I want to start with Justin Fields. I want to start with the fact that a 24-year-old man was asked by reporters about his struggles and about what he knows he can be. If you listen to the last pod, I said it. Second segment, maybe the third segment. Hey, hope he's being vulnerable with somebody, right? Because the confident, cool, sometimes what some people may perceive, not me, but what some people may perceive as arrogant nature of this young man, at some point has got to break. And you know it's breaking behind the scenes. But he's always kept a stiff upper lip and he's always said what he was supposed to say. Well, guess what? He walks himself into a presser where for the first time in two and a half years, this young man has told his truth, his truth. And he didn't even do it in a way that I thought was throwing coaches under the bus. Let's get to that part a little bit later, because Dan Weederer, and this is who we think whose tweet set off Justin Fields, right? Dan Weederer. And the rest of the press corps asked Justin Fields about his play and about the struggles and the lack of progression. And he talked about his development or lack thereof. And he talked about just saying, quote, F it and letting it rip. Everybody's been doing this whole let it rip, let Justin cook, all this other stuff. He finally came out and said, yo, I just got to play my game. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of three years ago in Charlotte where Zach Levine 
<laughs> and Kobe White looked at the head coach who was then Jim Boylan and said, y'all could do this if y'all want to. We about to trash this offense and go get buckets. And they won that game. Zach Levine had a terrific fourth quarter, hit a game winning shot. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens. And guess what? Sometimes it happens at the quarterback spot. We've seen it before. The famous Mike March, Jay Cutler interaction on from the sideline to the field, where Jay Cutler audibly with a boom mic over his head, one of the spider mics that we see on the wire, says, Tell Mike I said go fuck himself. We've heard that before. We've heard Brian Greasy say, guess what? My headset wasn't working for the entire game-winning drive. And nobody was getting me to plays. We was out here just balling. And then he had to come back as a veteran. As a veteran and say, oh, you know what? The, the coaching staff was a part of that. My apologies, all these other things. Guess what? Football covers and protects so many liars and so much ineptitude that we finally got somebody telling the goddamn truth and what happened. What happened? You, you want to talk about soft? You want to talk about thin-skinned? Yeah, look at, look at a football dynamic and tell me how soft and how thin-skinned the most macho and, and brawny and, and secret service type levels of, 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 of manipulation and, and secrecy and all these things that go into the, the pot that is football. A 24-year-old said, y'all, in, in so many ways, hey, y'all, <laughs> this ain't good. I know it's not good. And on top of it, I know I'm not this bad. I know I'm not this bad. And I said it last pod. I said at some point, he's going to look up there at the marquee and see that his name is the one that's being slandered at all times. And if he don't believe he's this bad, then there's a disconnect somewhere. And what did everybody do? Oh my goodness. He just threw a grenade into the coach's room and he just threw his teammates under the bus. By the time that cut made the rounds there were former bears and 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 former nfl players alike who couldn't wait to jump on the man he out here throwing people under the bus that's not what he did it's not what he did but the sport doesn't lend to much nuance the sport doesn't lend to the things that don't make it football let me tell y'all something right now these kids that are coming up right now in this social media age who are open to therapy who are open to their feelings who are open to vulnerability even the toughest and the coolest of them you see these kids in there dancing like school kids right you know why you know why because the game hasn't changed with the players. And this whole, when we win is we, and when we lose is me thing is all good in theory, in theory. But when we're looking at a 24 year old who knows that he ain't this bad and he can't say, guess what y'all? <laughs> I'm being asked to do something that I simply and frankly cannot do right now. That's all I heard out of that. But we took Luke Getzey's getting thrown under the bus. We took from it Matt Eberflus is getting thrown under the bus. We took from it his teammates are getting thrown under the bus. Nah, 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 nah. Once everybody get out of their feelings, we'll all understand what exactly happened there. So guess what? That happens. Some time passes. Tweets start to circulate. And you know what those other tweets had said? Those other tweets had said, Guess what, y'all? Allen Williams is no longer the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears. On a Wednesday in the third week of the NFL season, getting ready to face off against Patrick Mahomes, Allen Williams decides that he can no longer do this. 
And then what happens? Oh, the fake blue check marks come out to play. And boy, did they. We should be absolutely ashamed of ourselves. And I, we still, and I don't know, as, as we are taping this here on Thursday night, I'm getting ready to watch a little Thursday night football. We still, I, at least I don't know what is going on with Allen Williams. But you know what I've learned from? In the Derrick Rose case, in the Patrick Kane case, and in many cases that I have been uh, in, in tandem coverage with or covering it as a host, if I don't know it, I'm not speaking it in public. Guess what happened to Alan Williams' reputation and what he may be going through or what he might be um, subject to? We heard about a raid at his crib and a raid at Hallis Hall. These are the questions that the Bears had to answer. These are the questions that the Bears had to answer. Now a man's image and like i said as we sit here recording this podcast don't know what's going on yet but his attorney had to come out and answer questions and dispel and dismiss rumors and full disclosure i have worked with andrew strofe before i have i know him to be a very serious individual so for all the talk that's going on on the local airwaves and i hear you please be careful It'd be best if you be careful because right now, the fact that no one can be held accountable, everybody's running their mouth and saying things that, that no one has a clue about as of yet. And if you have it, come out and say it. That leads us into the Ryan Poles piece to this. Ryan Poles now has been asked to speak more during a season than Ryan Pace did his entire time here as a Chicago Bears general manager. So now what do we have? We have a first-time general manager. We have a young quarterback who is looking like he's not going to be the future of this franchise, okay? We have a coach who is a 12-game-in-a-row loser. Loser. Who doesn't, and I'm willing to bet on this. I don't know what the FanDuel Sportsbook odds are, but I'm willing to bet that Matt Eberflus isn't going to be the next guy to take the, the Bears to Super Bowl glory. I'm willing to bet that. So as I'm counting here, we've got one press conference that happens. Alan Williams then resigns, <laughs> okay? Oh, by the way, by the way, Matt Eberflus comes out and says the left tackle is going on injury reserve with a neck injury. So let's, let's throw that in the mix as well. Now Darnell Wright, who had a good second half, I think, right? So he's played a couple of good quarters in his first couple of games in the season. Now, this conversation is about him moving to the left side, where it ain't going to be any easier. So while they're dealing with that, Justin Fields gets wind, or someone gets wind, of the, the comments that Justin made at the press conference, or someone sees the tweets, or someone sees or hears something on social media, and we got introduced to a Justin Fields that we have never met before as a city. That man was shooketh. You hear me? Did you hear his voice? Did you hear the inflection? Did you hear the tone? Did you hear the emotion that he was trying to hold back? It was the first time that we had seen Justin Fields not be cool. And we've seen him under pressure before. And where did he go? Where did he go? Blame the big bad media. Blame the big bad media for making a story out of it. I think the, the, the quote was, I know it's y'all job to get clicks. Ooh, Justin, 
<laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree player do not bark up that tree that tree will fall on you you have a bunch of people in the media who are rooting like hell you got brothers like myself you know you got a couple of the white brothers out here who you know out of sheer guilt and you know just like hey man i want to see it happen too <laughs> so who is out here who is out here holding justin fields feet to the fire so much so that now he is now turned around and said that, oh, y'all sabotaged me, took it out of context. And if you want to go after Dan Weeder and said he took something out of context with the singular word of coaching as the answer to why Justin isn't doing so well, fine. Got no problem with that. That's one guy. But see how it happens, y'all? See how it happens? We busy sitting here moving furniture on the Titanic. Let me tell y'all something right now tell y'all something right now this thing was destined to go this way and maybe not the route but i'm talking about the final result final result is going to be you're going to have another quarterback that has to be discarded and then you're going to move on and have to draft another quarterback that's all we're talking about here you can get mad at justin fields you can call him a running back all the shit was out here it was all they were playing in the sandbox when it came to the last couple of days of bears news you can have Justin Fields. You cannot have him. You're still going to have what the Bears consider to be a well-run organization. And what results would really underpin that thought process? They're 0-2. So they go 0-3. It's like 1.5% of the teams in the league that make the playoffs after starting 0-3. So we're not even talking about a playoff team at this point. Ryan Poles brings up the fact that, was it, seven years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs started 1-5, and five, won 10 in a row, got to the divisional round, lost that game, whatever the case may be. L listen, man, cool, cool. If you want to give me the exception that proves the rule, I'll just say that you you just telling me this shit is up for grabs right now. That's all you're telling me if you're Ryan Poles. So we got Alan Williams resigning in the middle of the week to handle his health or whatever is going on with him. And if it's a health issue, I wish him the best. If it's something nefarious, hey, man, <laughs> good luck, bro. Good luck. We have the quarterback now who is turned on the media members who have been kind of coddling him. Like, if we're going to keep it funky, y'all, this media has been very kind to Justin Fields. Very kind. But in this era of being able to just say the word media and get everybody's blood pressure up, yeah, they know what they're doing. Someone got so shook that they went to that kid and said, yo, take your ass back out in front of that locker and tell people that you didn't mean what you just said. The truth that you just spoke, tell people you didn't mean it. And oh, by the way, I know what the fans will bite on for you. Blame the media. Blame the media. Blame the evil, big, bad media that forced Chase Claypool for two games to make game-losing, boneheaded decisions, whether it be offensive pass interferences, not blocking, not catching a, a football that he needed to bring in, right? Blame them. Blame the media on the offensive line looking as poor as it has the last year with all new parts. Blame the media for that. Blame the media for the fact now that nobody knows who the defensive coordinator is. And if it's Matt Eberflus, well, guess what, man? <laughs> Congratulations on getting your defensive coordinator job back. Congratulations.
Tyreek Stevenson, who just got here from Miami, in two different instances when talking to Adam Hogue today, that man said we haven't heard or have been addressed by Matt Eberflus about the Allen Williams situation as a team yet. What? So you mean to tell me Ryan Poles walked into a media room to address the quote-unquote adversity of the team, but the football players whose boss had to leave? Because let's, let's be real about it. The coordinators are who these dudes really have to, you know, lock in with. The coordinators and their unit coaches. Football head coaches are like CEOs of a company. They come through, pat you on the back, tell you you're doing a good job, and on game day or when it's time for a charity function, they show up and, you know what I mean, do what they got to do. You mean to tell me Allen Williams is no longer my boss and the head coach of the team hasn't addressed me about it yet? And then later on in the day, <laughs> when Matt Eberflus finally did address the team about it, oh, yeah, Tyreek Stevens is like, oh, yeah, everything's all good now. Hey, man, he liked to put cr- pressure on the quarterback. He trusts the corners to cover. Like this, and now you've got Bears players liking tweets about this team not being what they're supposed to be. So y'all want to tell me that everything is all good. Y'all want to tell me everything is all fine and everybody's locked arm in arm together and these are my brothers. That goofy shit that they had, that, that Justin Fields go hug Luke Getzey in front of a camera on the practice field? What are we talking about here? What are we really doing? People work hard and then... At the end of the week, for three hours, they just want their favorite team to take their mind off of things. During the week, they can't take their mind off of things with their favorite team. We're not even going to get into the Nate Davis situation, where it seems like they've just been hanging that man out to dry for the last three, four weeks. They took forever to put out any kind of statement about Allen Williams. They did not want to answer any questions. How did you not know that people were going to ask you about your defensive coordinator and him not being around? How are you not prepared for this? How? This is a charter franchise of the NFL. This is one of two teams who started this league that are still in it. And you mean to tell me that as a fan, I'm supposed to come out, spend my hard-earned money in the cold without a dome on a losing team that can't get their shit together in the middle of the week against the defending Super Bowl champions? You're going to Arrowhead without your defensive coordinator. You're going to Arrowhead with everyone in the league talking about what your quarterback isn't. Man, if you any other Chicago team right now, go ahead and do whatever you want to do. It's your world for the next three, four weeks. Hey, White Sox, go. Hey, you want to you want to say Michael Kopech is moving to first base? Knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Hey, Cubs, you want to? Hey, what y'all want to do? Y'all, y'all want to keep uh, <laughs> y'all want to keep going down the gasoline alley in that bullpen and and, and calling people up? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, do whatever you got. Hey, Bulls, now be the greatest time than ever to go ahead and trade for Damian Lillard because guess what? It will not make a dent. The Chicago Bears are on the radar for the foreseeable future for all the wrong things. Just when you thought Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, and Justin Fields is going to bring a new day a year ago like I thought in this po- on this podcast, we got the same old stuff. The same stuff. Second verse, same as the first. So, like I said in the last few pods, maybe, just maybe, it ain't the players. Maybe, just maybe, 
It ain't even the people picking the players. Nothing is going to change. If you continue to hire novice play callers, if you continue to hire first-time head coaches or retreads that truly aren't on anybody's radar, John Fox, I believe, is the only coach in the last how many years, of my life at least, that had previous coaching experience before he became the Chicago Bears head coach. You got it right in, 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 in what, 1983, 82, 81, whenever Dick got here by hiring a special teams coach off the Dallas Cowboys staff. And you've, you've been thinking since then that you can keep on doing it. You can keep a first, first-time play callers. Okay, John Shoup, Terry Shea, come on through. Huh? Huh? Collegiate play callers, Ron Turner, hey, hey, come on through. Yeah, come on through. So there is no real mystery to why all of this is happening. They're not playing the same game that the rest of the NFL is playing. As simple as that, whether it be on the field or off the field. I would love to come on this podcast and say how well the Bears are doing. Nobody's going to cheer harder for this team when it finally turns itself around. No one. But at the same time, I'm not about to sit here and lie about this mess. And we keep lying about how messy it is. The mess ain't on the field anymore, y'all. Ryan Poles is the youngest general manager, I believe, in all of the NFL. So why is he walking out there in the middle of a season when the last three years, the dude who had the same job, who, who put this team in the, in the position that it was, didn't have to ever speak to the media. So now Ryan Poe's got to speak to the media. Justin Fields got to mess around and have a second press conference and take back his truth. And meanwhile, Kevin Warren is left holding the bag, trying to, trying to uh, uh, negotiate uh, uh, you know, a, a new uh, stadium, right? He's trying to negotiate a new stadium when all y'all did was take away the leverage before he even got here. The Bears have been doing the wrong things for so long now that we're so used to it that all we're going to do is just say, ah, it's the players. Ah, it's, it's these players. It ain't the players, man. That thing is rotten from the top down. And if I'm wrong, prove me wrong by showing me the results. They'll, if they mess around and go ahead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, cool. Then what? Then what? There is no performance that is going to happen over the next couple of weeks that is going to cover up the stench of what's going on up at Hallis Hall. None. It's outrageous. This is a charter franchise of the NFL. Everybody talks about legacy and the shield and all that other stuff. Well, if you're not just printing money, what the hell is really going on? I'm tired of hearing about how everybody is dismayed and it's really hitting everybody hard. Do something different then. Because it still feels like the same stuff. It's just another one of the Bears' bungles, man. It, you know, and, and this is the other thing, too. And I'll wrap this up here. This podcast is never going to kowtow to teams. Period. Nevertheless, unsuccessful teams. I have tried to get every single front office member of the, in this city on this pod. There have been a couple who have told me I need to hear the interview first. Y'all ain't done enough winning. Y'all ain't done enough winning for me to fork over the masters. You hear me? Because guess what? 
good teams don't give a shit about what's being said about them. They actually jump into the fray. Shout out to the Warriors and everything that happens on NBC Sports Chicago. And I'm sorry, NBC Sports Bay Area. Shout out to the Warriors. Bad teams can't wait to monitor everything that's being said around them and also make sure that the message that is being disseminated about them, you know, is only by the water carriers, the proven water carriers. All right, well, win. (laughs) The Bears and any of these other teams, all you got to do now is win. Because as I look at it, as I look at it, Allen Williams resigns, social media tears into people so much so that we got lies spread about, you know, the the most salacious of things, raids and all these, Charles Peanut Tillman's names being thrown in there. And oh, by the way, Nathan Peterman gets released and then re-signed. And it all happened on Ryan Poles' birthday, y'all. You can't make this shit up. You can't make it up. The Chicago Bears took themselves and their situation to a new weird low. I don't even say embarrassing. Weird. Absolutely weird. This is not how championship franchises run themselves. And you know how I know how? Because the Super Bowl shuffle is still playing in the background. That's how I know how. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. All right, for our same game parlay, Bears, Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Patrick Mahomes is going to hold that grudge all the way through Sunday afternoon. I got the Kansas City Chiefs minus the 12 and a half. The casual betting brothers have chimed in, and we have Jarek McKinnon being an anytime touchdown scorer and Tony Gill, his submission of the Bears total points under 17 and a half. All right, so that same game parlay is right there for you. Bears total points under 17 and a half. Jarek McKinnon to be an anytime touchdown scorer and the Kansas City Chiefs minus 12 and a half. Good luck and get money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, the player props, the over-unders, and the same game parlays like we just mentioned. So visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. There's no better city to be in. I, I, I love this place with all my heart. But we have come to understand that uh, the Bears are going to disappoint uh, on a sometimes annual basis. And this is just this year's version. Uh, you put out a piece a very strong headline and very detailed substance to back it up. And for the first time, you know when it's bad, Ben? is that um, 
when people out of town talk shit about your team and the fans go, you know, you got a point though. He, he, he right. It's, it's, yeah. it's usually like, shut up. You don't know my family. Only I can talk about my family. So after the games and after what you've seen so far this week, um, where do the bears go from here, Ben? Uh, what do you want to achieve? Uh, do you want, <laughs> it's a legitimate question, right? Do you want to build the best possible offense you can behind Justin Fields to win as many games as you can and to feel better about the season and, and to push and to win and to try to achieve something? If so, you need a total offensive rehaul, right? Uh, you're trying right now to run an offense that does not work for the way that Justin Fields plays ball. It, it, it asks him to do things he's not comfortable doing. It asks him to do things that don't maximize him. They're not rolling him out. They're not doing design quarterback run. The play action rate is down. Like everything that worked from that New England game on from last year, you have stopped doing. So if you're interested in achieving good offense with Justin Fields, we got to go back to the 2022 blueprint. If you are interested in this is the offense we want to run. Let's see if this quarterback can do it for us. That way we figure out if we have to draft the guy next year. Then keep doing this. It's going to continue to look bad. It's going to continue to be real frustrating. And you're going to end up moving on from Justin Fields and drafting somebody else next year. Uh, neither one is pretty. Neither one feels great. Uh, but that's kind of the, the crossroads that you're at right now. You have to choose if you are playing Justin Fields to evaluate him or playing Justin Fields to actually maximize and win behind him. Benjamin Solak, uh, staff writer, NFL guru uh, for The Ringer, joining us here on the Full Goal Podcast. Ben, how many times have you seen, before we even get to the, to the dense part of this, how many times have you seen a situation like this be turned around when it comes to a quarterback? Um, I'm racking my brain. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay to say never because I'm already of yeah. the belief that this thing is – we just playing out the string at this point. Uh, so in terms of a quarterback, you know, uh, resuscitating their career after this start, it's doable. You don't necessarily end up like a long-term starter somewhere. Like you can maybe argue the Ryan Tannehill thing, but a lot of his issue in Miami was like injury related as well. More so it's been for fields. You do see guys right. who are early picks generate just good careers as backups when they get around smarter offensive staffs. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are the two examples that immediately bump to mind where it's not like Jameis and Marcus are out here starting for teams. They've won jobs and whatever, but when they've played, they've played well enough to be successful. And then they go and they get decent backup jobs elsewhere. Teddy Bridgewater's another one. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's another one. Like that's the sort of career arc. I think it's still very, very possible for fields, especially as more and more teams embrace quarterback mobility and quarterback run as part of how they play offense like if justin fields were available for on the market right now teams like the eagles and the ravens would be tripping over themselves to get him in the room because of what he brings is your qb2 in terms of matching your quarterback one's rushing ability so there's ways for fields that this recovers i don't think it recovers for him in chicago with this current coaching staff because i just don't see how those two different bodies are gonna like reconcile i don't think i don't see how they're gonna come together you know what i mean Mm -hmm. How do you feel about defensive coaches getting their hands on young quarterbacks? I know, it, you know, we as fans sometimes throw it out there as a coverall, but there, there are times when it works. Uh, what I have always worried about finally came to fruition last week, which is when you have an offensive play caller that may not be having the best of times and you have a defensive head coach nobody's there to take the reins. Yeah. Nobody's there to really input what they need to on a young quarterback. Does this model, 
is is this model pretty much the reason why we see all these offensive coordinators being called young gurus and getting elevated to the to the head coaching positions because it probably shouldn't happen as much as it does Yeah. so when you go and you get like a young offensive coach and you try to make him your head coach what you're attempting to achieve is that your offensive system is unpoachable right like i'm an eagles fan right now uh they hire nick Sirianni. he's an offensive coach but he gives up play calling to Shane Steichen, his offense coordinator. The Eagles are incredible. And then he leaves for Indianapolis. All right, well, you take the quarterback's coach, you promote him, and everything's hunky-dory, right? Not really. Like, the Eagles' offense for the first two weeks has not been great. So when you when you, when you you set up the, the young offensive coach as your head coach, nobody can go hire him from you. Nobody can go steal him. You'd have to get rid of the guy in order for him to go elsewhere. And so I think that you see uh, a lot of teams go on that approach accordingly. Obviously, the Bears went a different way, and the Bears bring in Eberflus for the culture, right? You know, the, the, the hustle, the intensity, the turnovers, right? The whole philosophy around how he ran that defense. All the things that aren't yeah, happening. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm right? curious. And that's the thing about culture is culture is really a lot harder to map from one team onto another than we like to imagine it is, right? And so you, you ask him to go, okay, go and bring this culture. But then, right, you turn the keys over to the offense to a guy in Luke Getze who presumably the best 10, 15, 20 offensive minds those guys are already head coaches somewhere, right? You're already now kind of choosing, like, if, the, if, if a guy's available to hire as an OC, he has not yet proven that he's really good at this, because if he had, he'd be head coach somewhere, right? Like, you, you, the moment you're right. good as an OC for, like, a year, two years, you are gone. You're getting hired somewhere. And so you kind of, when you do hire a defensive coach, you do a little bit limit your pool in terms of who the offensive minds you're going to bring in and, and how that's going to benefit you. Now, there are a lot of coaches in the league who've gotten around this, right? A good head coach, a John Harbaugh, a Mike Tomlin, a Bill Belichick, they mm -hmm. find ways to still make an offense work by hiring different people and using different philosophies. Obviously, like, the Steelers aren't the best example of that right now, but have generally been successful doing that. The Ravens have been successful, so on and so forth. So there's ways to do it that Eberflus hasn't found. So let's get into the Justin Fields part mm -hmm. of this, because... You know, it's, it's so weird, man. It, it feels like Orton Grossman all over again, except you've got one guy that everybody's trying to pick apart. And it's either you love him or you hate him. You either blame everybody else or you put all the blame on him when it's nuanced, right? There's context to all of this. The Justin Fields piece to this. What are you seeing? Not only that is scheme dependent, that isn't uh, complimenting him, but also what he's just simply not yeah. doing that NFL quarterbacks have to do. So uh, Fields doesn't throw in-breaking routes right now. He doesn't throw digs. He doesn't throw basics. Like the money route of like the Kyle Shanahan system, Luke Getzey, Matt LaFleur, like he's in this tray. He just doesn't throw it. He looks at it and doesn't throw it. Um, the first throw of the game to DJ Moore was such a route and he threw it such that Moore had to physically stop in his tracks to catch it, right? So even when like he's known for a week, hey, the first pass play we're going to call is this one, and, and he actually does trigger on it, it's still like an inaccurate ball. So this is, like a, this is, I would say, the most important route to an NFL quarterback right now. Like Jimmy Garoppolo made his entire career out of being willing to just throw this route and nothing else, uh, and Fields just doesn't throw it. So that's number one. Number two, Fields does not um, have any rapport with like any of his receivers in terms of timing and, and placement. Like He never believes any of the guys are going to be where he expects them to be when he expects them to be there. And he's he, that's like rightfully so like he's not even wrong there. Like even with DJ Moore, they've only played together for a couple of months. And so there'll right. be all those snaps where he's back, he's on the back foot and he's looking at the first read and it's open and he doesn't trigger it. And the reason why he doesn't trigger it is because that guy should be like two yards to the right or should be one yard shallower. Should already have his head turned. Like there was a, the big chase Claypool miss early in this Buccaneers game where Claypool just 
just he was running a seven stop and just stopped running and started going the other direction just was wrong just flat wrong and it makes fields look insanely inaccurate and so fields just like doesn't want to throw it at the guy he doesn't want to throw it at cole Komet because Komet's off his landmarks like all the time and so there's no rapport mm-hmm. like the the sensation that i got watching the bucks game in particular was like i wonder if the quarterbacks coach and the wide receiver coach have ever talked like yeah if they've had one conversation about like where does your guy want my guy to be? Where does my guy want your guy to be? Like, there's just no, there's no chemistry there. And then pocket wise, Fields does not, uh, is not calibrate to like rushers, to protections, to anything. Like a good quarterback in the pocket knows where the best pass rusher is from the other team. And he knows his right tackle is a little weak and he knows, you know, Jatir Carter is in at right guard. And so that's going to be a little bit shaky. And he knows that, all right, the back's going to be filling the a gap. So I have to watch out for that. And he knows that his hot reads to his right. And so if he has to move a little bit, he should move that direction. Fields has none of that. Like he, he, he'll have those incredible pocket escapes where his athleticism saves him, but his initial response in the pocket, like you get to that top of the drop first reads, not there. What do I do next? It's never correct. It's always panic. He either like stops his feet when he should move. He moves when he should stop his feet. He's, trying to go out the front door when he should try to leave the back door. Like, it's just never correct. And that's that's the re, uh, the result of, like, years of the Bears' offensive line just burning him. He has not played behind an offensive line featuring two average starters, let alone, like, three above average. Like, right now, like, the if the Bears' starting offensive line were out there, Nate Davis, Kevin Jenkins, they'd have maybe one above average starter out of five players. So, like, he's just, he's broken. Like, he's been David Card, where he just doesn't know how to react anymore behind the offensive line. So I'll put all this together. You got a really, really rough quarterback situation right now. Right. And of course, if you can't block it, you can't run it and not just run it, but like run or pass. What are you seeing in the scheme uh, that Luke Getze is employing? Because that's the other thing, too. When you go from quarterbacks coach for Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, notably said he wasn't running Matt LaFleur's stuff if he didn't want to. And, he, you know, it's not like Luke Getze is the dude is devising all of that um, offensive success for the Green Bay Packers for the couple of years that he was on the staff. What are you seeing from his scheme that uh, isn't helping his quarterback? So, firstly, I said Fields doesn't run any in cuts. He doesn't throw any in cuts. Getze just keeps calling him. And, 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 and I mean, if you were to ask, like, I wrote this in the piece. I don't know. I don't know why he is, but it kind of feels sometimes like he's trying to make a point where it's like, look what I'm dealing with. Like, look what he won't do. Like they came out on a drive in the, in the fourth quarter, they were still, they were still within one score and he just ran double ins. Like he's ran a, a, a basic behind like a deeper in cut was just being like a, a, a route fields won't throw. And then another route he won't throw. I don't know why this is a good idea, man. Like maybe on the sideline, he talked to him and he was like, <laughs> Justin, just rip it. And then he doesn't whatever. But like, that's very challenging. Um, so there's that. The other thing is, uh, um, Getsy, uh, I, I really struggle with, with watching Getsy's offense. Cause it feels like he has no interest in like getting Justin into a flow because they're trying to figure out what works for him. And that's good. So they'll run like quick game and they'll run like hitches and slants and Justin will throw it and it'll be a good throw. And then the next play, like everything's vertical and you're like, let your guy do it again. Like let him stack two good plays. And if you end up in third and two and then you don't get it, you have to punt it, whatever, at least two of his three plays are positive. Okay. But so we don't stack it. And then they'll run like a gadget play and, and like, it's all designed to like get like, you know, Cole commit on a leak or like Roshan up the seam, right? The one that, that feels in and throw, like they'll run some sort of gadget play. And, and mm-hmm. feels like, like hit it or he won't hit it. And then the next play, it'll be like five in the concept, full field read. Like either he's a gadget quarterback or he isn't. Either you trust him or you don't. Like pick a thing 
and try to let him do the thing over time. You know what I'm saying? And, and so it feels like there's yeah. no uh, cohesiveness, no harmony. And then he doesn't help out the line, which I don't know how much you need to live like extra seven guys in the block to help out this line, but he could probably do a little bit more to help out the line. Um, Getty is far from blameless. Why'd this. you sign Mercedes Lewis? You know, like, I mean, if you, like you signed pretty much an extra they signed lineman Mercedes and- Lewis <laughs> and Robert Tunyon and extended Cole Komet to just run three receivers. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, someone, someone's going to do something with this for me. I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. 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 Um, is it the worst offense that you watched in the first couple of weeks of the it's season? It's not close. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. It's so bad. Somebody cue bear down. Bear, bear down. down. It's so bad. It can get better. So like the, this exact staff came up with good uh, solutions last year. But look at it's, you. Yeah. Look at, look at you. Look it's, at you, it's man. Real bad. You, you, you talk. You talking to us like the like the ugly friend at the end of the bar. Like, <laughs> don't worry, man. You good? Like, right. yeah. Just get you a little makeover. You know what I'm saying? Get you into some dis- different yeah, threads. Absolutely. You know, man. There's a lot. There's right. a lot to work with here. There's a lot to work with damn hey by the way if you are ben's friend at the bar and he is <laughs> suggesting he skipped the clothes and he skipped the, the makeover and he's going straight to the facelift that's what you have to look forward to bears fans you you need a facelift so in closing here man because I, I, I know you got to get back to the game i want to watch this game as well um if you're a betting man how does this thing end not just this year, but the Justin Fields thing, the Chicago Bears offense, like, Maddie, uh, they don't fire coaches in season ever. Right. So that's not happening. But how, how do you think this thing is going to go for the next 14 games? I mean, I like, I. Because Sunday's yeah. a loss. Which we, yeah, Sunday's I 100% loss. was like, before Allen Williams, I was like, they might cover against the Chiefs, right? And then I was like, no, probably not. Uh, yeah. I, um, I think that was cute. I think they're gonna, like you remember that stretch last season where they were like losing to everybody, but they were scoring 35 points a game, right? Like they were tight with the Lions, tight yeah. with the Cowboys. Yeah. I think they're gonna end up back there because they were there last season, and last season they didn't have DJ Moore. Like I think they're gonna get to a point where like Fields is too big, too fast, throws the ball too far down the field. They're just not gonna eventually trip into some explosive plays, trip into some big scoring games, and that'll like make you feel better. Uh defensively, I don't think they're anywhere. Um which I think, like, if you if you really want to condemn Eberflus's two years, you honestly start there. Where it's just like, dude, like, no one's developed, no one's gotten better. No, I that I, I don't like you. And you spend money on Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards, and it's just it's like if Ro, it's like so much worse than the Roquan Smith era, which you had the guy in the building. It's tough. Um, so I think like you're you're gonna win a couple games. I don't think they're gonna be the the worst team in the league record wise. Um, but I think by the time we get to March, they have a new head coach they have made it clear that they're willing to go for a new quarterback and then by april they're picking in the top five and they're, they're selecting that guy um yeah uh, there comes the there comes a an expiration point where like even if you still look at fields and you're like he can do x he can do y like there's stuff here you just run out of capital you run out of out of connections out of goodwill in the building with the guy and you feel like you have to make a change for the sake of making the change i think they like polls enough and he's he's he hasn't had a chance to draft his guy yet so they'll give him that chance um but i expect a new head coach and a new quarterback Ah, uh, it's the uh, the plight of the bears fan yeah, yeah every three or four years don't worry this one will be good to, to... this one will be good don't worry about it. it's fine yeah, yeah. yeah. no no doubt 
no doubt. Yeah. Then, then, then we can all go to Arlington Heights in a couple of years and great. watch these football games. Yeah, yeah. Ben, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that Bears fans will take a look because I've tweeted it out and I will continue to, uh, you know, promote your content. What's wrong with the Bears offense? Uh, the answer, everything. Uh, make sure you read Ben Solak's piece on The Ringer. Ben, thank you so much, man. I appreciate Take you, Take care, brother. Jason. You be well. Yes, sir. It's the full goal, baby! So, how have, uh, how have y'all's last couple of days been, man? How y'all been feeling? <laughs> oh, this is the, the, I mean, the bears have taken over my life, you know, with the last couple mm-hmm. of days, it's been annoying uh, <laughs> that they have had this much control over my life. And, uh, I have never looked more forward to, uh, my paternal leave <laughs> than, than after the events, uh, yesterday. Oh, look at y'all Chicago bears. Y'all have made Tony Gill, um, appreciate his wife's pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yo, who's had the worst week? Who's had the worst week? The Bears, Will Smith, or Jeannie Mai? <laughs> who's had the worst week, yo? Huh? Huh? Who's had the worst? You, 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 okay. That that Will Smith clip, it, it's ah, oh, it's yearly. Oof. It's yearly. It's... It, it is a yearly kick his back in parade on Jada Pinkett Smith's Instagram, where she celebrates the life of her very, 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 very good friend, Tupac Shakur. Um, she, uh, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, threw a post out there on IG with her and Tupac, uh, dancing when, I believe when they were at the, uh, the, the performing arts Academy in Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they were dancing to parents just don't understand, which was Will Smith's first banger. So when Will was reaching his stardom and his fame, you know, shorty doo-wop was, was hanging out with Tupac and, Going to, you know, local cable access TV or the local mall with a camera, whatever it looked like, having a good time to his song. But man, can I ask y'all this, man? Can y'all, uh, can y'all exes celebrate, uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Can, can y'all currents celebrate they exes in front of y'all face? Nah, nah. Yeah, especially 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 the way Jada be doing it. It's like man it up, Kate man it up. Yeah, Yeah. let's bring out let's bring out the real shit in this podcast right here, right now. Yeah, I mean mean, it's 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 simple. It's it's you know, hey, I'm not here. I'm not out here trying to embarrass you know my queen out here on any level, especially especially not in public. Like there will be no disrespect. From my queen in public. That is rule number one. And Might I, run up on the stage if there is. If we both, <laughs> <laughs> and and, <laughs> um, and I ex- expect that same respect from from my from my Ooh. wife. You know, so it's 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 like a, a simple understanding that I think every couple should have is no matter what's going on. And no matter what, even even with family, right? 
I got to take care of that one first. That one comes first before the rest mm-hmm. of y'all. And her reputation and how she's viewed in public also comes first in, in my family. And I expect the same as well. So it's, it's simple to yeah, me. You a sweetheart. Uh, you a sweetheart. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this simple and plain. And I'm not even talking. We talking about hypotheticals now. We ain't even talking about that situation anymore. I don't care if he dead, if he alive. You better go in the bathroom and cry a couple of tears. You feel me? If it's his birthday, you better go and say a happy birthday prayer outside of our domicile. I don't need to hear it. Don't want to hear about it. Don't want to talk about it. Are you kidding me? Huh? Y'all can call me a caveman all you want. At some point. At some point, you got to put your foot down in your house. You know what I mean? I mean, if we look at, and I'm not talking about them anymore, but I mean, come on, man. We 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 getting outrageous out here where it's just, you know, you, you can't police it. Uh, yeah, you damn right I can. In my house, I can. What? What? Yeah, so let me ask you this, Kyle. Let me put Kyle on the hot seat here. Would you be okay with your ex- well, no, no, I keep saying your ex. Wow, why did I have that on my brain? Would you be okay with your lady, your current lady, your current significant other, uh, wishing their ex a happy birthday? Because this was a conversation we had in the group chat. Like, like a happy birthday? Yeah, a happy birthday. God damn it. Look at, look at, look at the Knotts brothers got to tie themselves in. <laughs> like if it's a happy Valentine's Day, it's a little bit different. But uh, <laughs> happy birthday. Yes, a happy birthday. Hey, hey, big head. Happy birthday. Okay, see, look, see, see, that's a little, that's a little different. If it's like a hey, big head, a little extra, little extra sauce on it. That's a little different. Like uh, a happy birthday. Like, okay. But then you add a little extra sauce to it. Emoji. Nah. Like nah. that. Yeah. Yeah, you'll learn. Yeah. You'll learn. You'll learn. That's that. Hey, Tony, that's that. That's that youth speaking right there. What? <laughs> hey, you ain't got no exes. How about that? <laughs> I am the first person that you have ever been with in your life. <laughs> Kidding me? Hey, you better you better send, you better send a kite. You better send a uh, you better tie a note to a pigeon and and hope I don't shoot it out the air. Happy birthday. You got your goddamn mind. What? Cause I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> you can't wish nobody else happy birthday. <laughs> Please believe that. You you can't pull up on your ex and be like, oh man, hey. Happy birthday. I know things didn't work out between us, but I'm hoping you have a happy birthday and I hope he treats you right. You feel me? You got to put the extra sauce on it. You got to put a little bit of, a little bit of something, something on it. Yeah, man. Kidding me? Yeah. I I don't even get those calls nor receive them. You feel me? Hey, they are going to the block contacts graveyard that I don't walk through. You kidding me? Yeah. Throw it in, throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. I don't Uh, even know you. I don't, I had to delete my LinkedIn messing around. I hadn't I hadn't been on LinkedIn for oh, I hadn't yep. been on I hadn't been on mm-hmm. LinkedIn for like a decade plus. I think I made a LinkedIn when I was still a producer at the score and hadn't checked it in, in a decade plus. You go back, it's all kinds of happy birthday messages. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I'm glad to on the LinkedIn. Yeah, well, you know how it is, Kyle. When you got yeah. that, you know, when you got that pack, you feel me? When you when you when you when you doing what you need to be doing they 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 are aware shall we say so yeah man yeah shout out to shout out to all the brothers out there having to to go curl up in the corner of a couch knowing that they woman upstairs wishing their ex-boyfriend a happy birthday
<laughs> oh yeah, what he what he paying for us to eat tonight? Cause cause I feel like if you if you got that kind of communication, hey, tell, tell him to send some Uber Eats over here. We can all celebrate with his ass. You kidding me? Happy birthday! And then the genie my thing. I mean, hey y'all, hey y'all, anytime. And I don't know these people's business. Don't want to know their business. Wish these things would stay out of the public eye. But anytime, and I mean anytime. A man files for the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Things a little different. Things a little different. I would love to see that. Look, somebody look up for me right now the numbers of uh, who, who files for divorce more in terms of the rates, the percentages, because you never hear men filing for a divorce. You never, rarely hear of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's crazy, yeah, right? I, I've heard it multiple times. Yeah, that that women of definitely file for more. Of course, divorces. you know, women get tired of your shit. You feel me? They, you know, they want to move on and live with their cats, and die alone. You know, they they want to take that next step in their lives, so they they divorce you, right? And men, like you know, men could go through whatever forever. Right, you just you just know that pain in your back is going to get you at some point. That little pain in your lower your lower right side that that's called heartache. <laughs> that's called despair and unhappiness. It's going to get you at some point. But men, I don't know of men who file for divorce. So when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, you know, two years in, you on a book run. You know what I mean? All the things, all the clips that are coming out. Hey, I wish everybody the best out there. Well, we got some numbers. So nearly 70% of divorces are initiated by the wife. Oh, that's an astonishing amount. It's not even close. 70%? Yeah. Yeah. So three out of 10 divorces are dudes saying, I can't do this no more. Good luck, man. Good luck. It's a weird game called love, you know? Shout out to Tony Gill, the only married man on this show right now. You know, we, 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 uh, we look up to Tony. We aspire to be like Tony. Huh? You coming up? Yeah, man. Yeah. You coming up? I'm working. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working. I'm working. You know, trying to get things. In, in. Uh-oh, look at that. My battery's running low on my computer. Oh, shucks. <laughs> right on time. <laughs> You coming up, Jay. He ain't shit. He ain't shit. He's the worst kind of human being. That that right there would make me cut this entire segment out of this podcast if I didn't have fun talking to y'all about those conversations or those topics just now. But um, yeah, man, that's not um that's not that's not a good deal. You know, celebrating your ex in front of your current or seeing a man file for divorce. That's <laughs> so it's a new world out there, fellas. It's a new world. Be careful. Be careful. <clears throat> so, Tony, Kyle, what now with this Bears thing? Right? Because after all of this and the Allen Williams news, like we said, still hasn't come out. And I, I want to actually touch on that for a second. So when everything was happening with the Justin Fields press conferences and the Alan Williams portion got thrown out there. And then all of a sudden it turned into raids and the worst things. And, you know, I'm not speaking out of turn because his attorney mentioned it and, um, you know, people on the beat had to converse about it because it was out there. You know, people were talking about pedophilia and, 
drugs and guns and raids and all these other things when no one had any real concrete details. So for Ryan Poles to come out and address the media and say, uh, you know, we know the truth and we have the details, uh, but not share them. It speaks to the lack of cohesion and the lack of synergy in the messaging because for a couple of days, Bears beat reporters apparently have been asking where Allen Williams was. Or was he still the def- defensive coordinator? You know, I think that got asked the day before he resigned and Matt Eberflus, you know, couldn't respond to it. Like, when you know these things are happening or if you think they are about to happen or if you have a question that might be asked or was already asked that you didn't have a solid answer to, the fact that they didn't circle the wagons and come together as an organization and say, hey, we're going to have to address this. And this is before Alan Williams actually re- resigned as well. But for Alan Williams to resign and then wait around a couple of hours and see that his employer or former employer had nothing to say other than Alan Williams has resigned as defensive coordinator. He had to come out and make a statement on his own and dispel rumors and actually talk about his health. And like I said, we don't know what it is yet. And I'm sure when we learn it, we're going to have conversations about it, whatever it is. All I know is this is just another stain on what has been an awful season so far. And it's only two weeks in. Now you're going to Kansas city against Patrick Mahomes, who's going to have a grudge and will have a grudge for the rest of his NFL career. When it comes to the teams that didn't draft him, namely the Chicago bears who took Mitchell Trubisky at number two overall only to kind of ruin him. Remember the Matt Nagy experience. Apparently, this team just hates getting quarterbacks out onto the perimeter and playing modern football as well, by the way. That's why I don't get into this whole, you know, hey, shout out to my man, Kobe. My man, Kobe, one of my guys, uh, he's on one of the group chats that I'm in, and he started talking about not believing that quarterbacks, you know, this whole label of a franchise being able to ruin quarterbacks. And while I don't think the bears are intentionally trying to draft people and ruin them or acquire people and ruin them, or not only say ruin, but stunt their development. It's 103 years now, y'all. It's 103 years. Patrick Mahomes has averaged, I believe 4,900 yards per season as a quarterback throwing the football. The bears all time high is Eric Kramer. At 3,800 yards. This has been going on for 100 years. So the same way you did the whole curse thing with the Cubs, it wasn't a curse. It wasn't a curse. It's just lack of talent at the highest positions in the decision-making. It's a lack of talent. Like we, we, why don't we talk about ownership talent enough? We talk about owners and, you know, not being able to fire owners and donors, this owner should sell the team, this, that, and the other, but actually breaking down what people do. You know, we, we had this whole conversation, uh, you know, a decade back about George McCaskey and the ticket office and, you know, what, what was referred to as sweaty Ted Phillips, right? Sweaty Teddy, you know? the president of the bears who put so much money in the bears family or organizational pockets that it was like, Hey, he needs to be in on football decisions too. Like the bears have been doing this for so long. You would think it was purposeful. 
You can't be this good at not developing or not at least even being on the right trajectory of development for a young quarterback. Like, think about what we've had to view as Bears fans in recent history. Name the drafted quarterbacks, and how long was it before you questioned everything about their game? This one, a year and a half in. We're just like, hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. If Matt Nagy wants to start Andy Dalton over the, 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 the pick that you traded up for, there's a problem. There's a problem. And from that point on, we talked about, does Matt Nagy, does Matt Nagy really rock with Justin Fields? Because we saw what he did to Mitchell Trubisky, right? He took Mitchell Trubisky and couldn't wait to give Nick Foles the football. So, okay, not Matt Nagy's fault. All right, what do you do then? You hire Matt Eberflus, a defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know about y'all, but last couple of years, and I know, I know, you know, you can go ahead and bust out the numbers. And, but I'm talking about feel. Uh, did the Colts feel like some game-changing defense to y'all the last few years? Did the Colts feel like they was just shutting shit down? Like, shout out to Zaire Franklin, you know? Brenton Buckner's out there doing work. They got some they got some nice players. They got some really really nice players. Darius Leonard. But I wasn't sitting there like, man, got to get my hands on if anybody, if any defensive coordinator is available, got to get my hands on that. I was on the Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy. Like I was on that kind of train cuz I don't know, I've seen seen what these offensive minded play callers have have kind of resulted in over the last, I don't know, decade, half a decade. So for all the people out there who um, don't buy into what's actually happening with this organization, with this franchise, I would just ask you to prove me wrong with the names. Because if you're not doing this on purpose, then that just means you're just inept. That just means you just can't get it done in the modern era of football where he is the most important person in your building. Same organization that drafted Rex Grossman. Same organization that that, that traded what would be Sean Springs, who had a hell of a career for the Seattle Seahawks, for Rick Meyer. A couple of years of Rick Meyer. So that's why I say it's just moving furniture, man, because all we're doing is sitting there talking about the next dude that we're going to hate. Drake May going to be the next one. Shadur Sanders going to be the next one. It is going to take a monumental, game-changing type of talent to really show us all the true holes in this organization. That's what I'm talking about now. We're talking about quarterback evaluation. I'm talking about organizational evaluation. Ryan Poles got a stink bomb on his hands. And some of this stench is his. Now, you got an entire franchise that should be held in high regard and high esteem that has been the laughingstock of football for the last 17, 18 weeks of playable season. Last year, and now three weeks into this year. They lost 12, 13 games in a row, y'all. So while we talking about Justin Fields, hell, 
Y'all think Matt Eberflew's coming back from this? I don't care what they do at, by the end of this season. Matt Eberflew's, if he is the culture setter, the culture guy, well, it's been a culture of losing. Guys have tried hard, sure, cool, fine, but even that has been in question. You got the new era of former Chicago Bears who can't wait to show you how guys are loafing out there and not getting to the football, especially at the end of last year. So I, I'm just trying to sit back and figure out where this organization is going to turn. Yeah, you could tell me about not panicking. You could talk to me about adversity and all the things that you have to say to keep the football stuff, right? To keep the football stuff, the football stuff, where it's like, hey, guys, blinders, head down, stay in your playbook. All the Man, please. You have a locker room right now that... By the way, I think everybody is kind of misreading where it's like, <gasps> Justin blamed everybody else. And no, no, no. These are probably conversations that other people on that team are having about the coaching staff. I don't think Justin Fields is any bad standing with his teammates. No, no, by the way, Devin White is mic'd up during the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Chicago Bears game and during one of the TV timeouts, walks over to DJ Moore and says, man, I miss tackling your go-go gadget ass. And then follows it up with, you know, because it's a compliment, right? But it's shade because it's like, I miss tackling you, which is like, I miss getting you down, right? Because you don't score on me because, you know, I'm bigger than you and I got to impose my will right now while we in these close quarters. But he says, well, I miss tackling you. Devin White has seen DJ Moore play with me Kyle and Tony Gill as the starting quarterbacks for the Carolina Panthers. Devin White then turns to DJ Moore and says, man, they're not using you right. To which DJ Moore responds, tell me about it. That's two weeks into the NFL season. That's two weeks into his Chicago Bears career. That's not the media making that up, man. That, that ain't the big bad media that is dividing the team. That is a candid moment between two dudes who have a working relationship with each other, who have been in the same division for the last half a decade, have grown up in the same division together. They're going to see each other twice a year in many a collision, in many a attaboy, in many a good game. And in that moment, his man told him, yo, they're not using you right. And in that moment, his man replied, yo, tell me about it, fam. I saw this game plan this week. <laughs> I got, I'm the one that got two targets in week one. This is the dude you paid, not traded for. This is the dude you paid the cost of a first-round pick for. The first-round pick, the number one overall pick. Sorry, not the first round, the number one overall pick. The package that you got back. The only quantifiable asset in that was that you were getting a number one wide receiver in week two on the road in a game that is still winnable. He is agreeing with the defender that they ain't using him right. So y'all go ahead and keep blaming Justin Fields all you want. Yeah, guess what? He ain't getting the ball out on time. We all screaming that at the television during Bears games. Get rid of the ball, bro. Get rid of the ball, man. He's open, dog. Get rid of the ball. So this narrative of Justin Fields ain't getting the blame. He's getting plenty of the blame. 
But this is bigger. Hey, this is bigger than Nino Brown, man. This is bigger than Justin Fields. So, in in closing, the Bears are going to lose to the Chiefs. The Bears are going to lose to the Chiefs by at least, I think, 10 points. Right? Casual betting brothers are here for you. Okay? Our guy, Chris Sutton, who is not with us this evening. Shout out to Chris. We love you. He's got his uh, Commander's Bills game that he wants to watch, and he threw his over-under. And by the way, shout out to, shout out to Chris. Huh? Just... He couldn't give us any flowery thoughts on, on, on the Chiefs this weekend. <laughs> he, he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't sit here and, and look his brothers in the face and try to tell us here in Chicago that they got a chance against the Chiefs this weekend while the defensive coordinator has resigned due to health reasons and their quarterback has come out and had to have one impromptu press conference after having his truthful press conference. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, the left tackle... The left tackle who's going to have to go up against George Karloftis in the the event that maybe just maybe Chris Jones is going to have a couple of tackle in stunts out there. Oh, yeah, Darnell Wright, you're about to get very, very up close and and personal with arguably the best defender in all of football. Aaron Donald is number one. Listen, your man, your man. Chris Jones is 1C because maybe, maybe just maybe Micah Parsons is 1A right now, to be honest with you, right? But Chris Jones is top five defender in the NFL. Bears getting ready to have to see him for three hours on the road at Arrowhead Stadium. So your left tackle is no longer there, right? He's on the IR with a neck injury. You've got all the questions abound about not only your offense, but your organizational structure. Your defensive coordinator resigns midweek in week three of the NFL season and his cornerback room, because Tyreek Stevenson is in that room, didn't know about it. Didn't know about it. Wasn't addressed by the team about it until later in the day. Yeah, this spells for a big, big loss. I think the Bears going to show some fight because this is some kind of pride game, right? They know everybody watching, even though the first two weeks everybody was watching, they still got their ass kicked. I think the Bears will show some kind of fight, but nah, the atmosphere, the defense, and most importantly, that dude wearing number 15, who is holding a grudge and will hold it till the day he retires. We're going to hear about the Bears in his Canton speech. I promise you that. I promise you that. It spells a long, long Sunday for the Bears. I was supposed to be going out of town this weekend. Those plans changed. I cannot wait to see what happens on Sunday. I can't wait. Because when teams do this whole us against the world thing, that's cool. It's y'all against the Chiefs, though, too. Right? So if you're more worried about shutting up the fans and shutting up the observers and shutting up the the blabbermouths with microphones than you are the Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to show. And even if you put up the fight that you're supposed to put up, are you equipped with the scheme? Are you equipped with the personnel? Are you equipped with the know-how to navigate these choppy waters right now? I have seen nothing, nothing to provide foundational evidence to think that that is going to change. I think this is going to be a tough, tough weekend for the Bears. 
I think this is going to be a score somewhere in the realm of 38 to 20, 38, 17, somewhere around there. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have three or more touchdowns. <laughs> I think the running game of Isaiah, don't call me Ferdy Pacheco, and, and, and Clyde Allaire Williams or Clyde Williams Allaire, I always mess up his name, the young boy out of LSU, little mighty might. I, I think them boys going to have a fall. The Bears defense, we've been talking about the Bears offense. The Bears defense haven't shown me a lot either. Second half against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they played better. I went back and watched that game. That's cool. Baker Mayfield still got busy. Anytime they blitz, Baker Mayfield chopped their ass up. If Matt Eberflus, who Tyreek Stevenson says likes to blitz more so than, than Allen Williams, okay, go ahead and do that against Patrick Mahomes. Go ahead and send an extra dude against Patrick Mahomes without Kyler Gordon back there. Right with Tyreek Stevenson having a rough game in game two of his NFL career with Eddie Jackson's foot issue with Jaquan Brisker, you know, dealing with a groin situation and also all the other nagging injuries that that young man has because of the kind of football he plays. Buckle up. This could be an all timer dog. This could be one of those joints where you remember, was it green Bay, new England back to back weeks a few years ago? Where they, they got a 50 ball dropped on them, had a bye week, and then had another 50 ball dropped on them. Yep. 50 piece yeah. back to back yeah. nuggets. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's what ended Mark Trust hey. me. That's what ended it. Hey. I don't know. Because you know what's going to happen here. We can go ahead and forecast the end of the season. I don't think Matty Flu is going to lose his job. I don't. I think they're going to mess around it. That's I think they're going to mess around it. That's why I'm And I think they're going to mess around and draft another quarterback. And have Matt Eberflus be on for one year and then try to go find whatever offensive mind they need to find. But by this time, we'll already be, what, three and a half years into the rebuild? Like, our lot in life as Bears fans should be rewarded at some point. And I know they're not doing it to spite us, but damn, it feels that way sometimes, man. Like, I'm not that, I'm, you know, I've been around this long enough that I'm not that fan where it's like, throw stuff at the wall and, you know, get mad at your family and all that. I laugh at the Bears ineptitude during the week and then especially on Sundays. But, man, sometimes it's just like it's a bad relationship. It's a bad relationship. There's not enough, not enough return on the investment. And this season has started out just like other seasons that I've seen before. I wanted this thing to go differently. Y'all heard me at the beginning of this year, but the first two weeks have shown me just the, the complete dysfunction and mess that this team is the complete dysfunction and mess that that young man is, is playing quarterback, the complete dysfunction and mess that that coaching staff seemingly is shout out to hey, shout out to our guy, Richard Hightower though. Hey, Hey, hey he came into that. He came into that press conference strutting, huh? My unit blocked the field goal. How about y'all? So how y'all feeling out there? He, he tapped that microphone like a comic after somebody just bombed, knowing that all the shit you about to say about to go over, boy. Hey, what's going on? Hey, say, give it up for all the pretty ladies in the house. <laughs> like Richard Hightower walked in that joint talking about Dylan Cole and all the people who made plays. Richard Hightower's like, hey, I'm not dealing with none of that bullshit, huh? <laughs> I don't deal with the quarterback, nor do I deal with this defense. Uh-oh, the defensive coordinator, hell, I'm worried about my job. What's the next question? Richard Hightower could have done anything he wanted to do in that press conference. 
This is going to be one of those games, though, man. I, I, I fear this is going to be one of those all-time oh-no games. And we'll be here to talk about it after Sunday because uh, that's what we do here on the Full Go Podcast. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. What do y'all think about... um? what social media did to this story like how it fueled it how it took it in the wrong directions how it got it back on track um because i'm gonna say this right now the bears are the for you tab of x slash twitter right the rest of the nfl is the following tab and if y'all know what i'm saying y'all know what i'm saying everybody out there if you want to go to the following tab of your ex or twitter those are the people you are following that you have chosen to follow and that for you tab is every algorithm that the interwebs wants you to be a part of let me tell y'all right now what happens if i don't switch over from the following to the for you or from the for you to the following because i, I i'm getting uh, uh, sexy red news. I, I'm getting uh, all the latest hip hop gossip. I'm getting all the stuff that they are sending to supposed liberal voters. Like it is amazing what happens on that for you tab when it comes to Twitter slash X, right? And I'm gonna tell y'all right now, all the foolishness that I saw about Alan Williams that wasn't uh, proven to be true. You know, in the in in the moment, or nor since we have been recording this thing, it all came from the for you side. And am I the only one, by the way, that that notices the difference? Because the algorithms they will take you as a sports fan on a ride that is not for you, especially with blue checks uh, being bought these days. So you don't know the legitimacy of any brand or any business truly, right? Anybody could buy followers, by the way, y'all, I've been saying this for, for years now, y'all shameful out there. I, I, y'all know who out here buying followers too, by the way, y'all see these people with 85,000 followers. And then they put out a tweet three days ago and it's got six likes, or it's even worse on Instagram. When you see the people with a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and then they go live and it's them and they mom and they baby mama watching them that's it it's three or four people in there and i'm like fam you uh, no one has been notified or none of the hundred thousand followers that you have have been notified but social media how is it um how's how did it affect this this story and well not even how because we know how it affected the story but the power that it had we saw it in real time we saw it in real time. I don't know what's going on. I repeat, I don't know what's going on with Alan Williams. Don't know. Right? We take for uh we take it for for his word that he's got some health problems right now. Now, it doesn't seem like anything that's happening and how mum's the word they are about him. Like I read the I read the the quote or the, the phrase radioactive in terms of how people are not touching his name when asked about it up at Hallis Hall. So it speaks to something seemingly um, aside from health issues, right? Because we've seen coaches and players have health issues where the team's like, hey, man, I, we just want our guy to get right. We just want him to, to feel better. We just want his family to be okay. That, that kind of thing. They're, he's being 
it, and it's been been reported the last couple of days that it has not been health related. Brad Big specifically, right? I said it is. This is not health related, right? So if I'm hell, Alan Williams, and I know what's going on in my life, the fact that I got to come out and be like, hey, by the way, guys, um, I know nobody else is speaking up about this, but what y'all reading ain't true. And I love the Bears. Go Bears. Like, it's a nasty place to be in, man. The, the, the Bears had to answer questions about their facility getting raided. Peanut Tillman is chilling at the crib, and because of his um, association with the Federal Bureau of Investigation and people knowing that he was in the training to be, uh, you know, in the field uh, for the FBI, all of a sudden, y'all got Peanut Tillman alerting. Like, y'all made it seem like Peanut Tillman hit Virginia McCaskey on FaceTime at 2 in the morning. It's like, hey, hey, Jenny. Uh, they they about to kick in y'all dough, flush the weed. You know what I'm saying? Like like they made it seem like Peanut made the call, and everybody had to you know run around and 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 hide the money, right? You know, hide it under the doghouse like Frank Lucas did in American Gangster. Like there, there was all Jerry Azuma had to come out and hit us with an all caps. This is a lie. Like I'm like, oh okay, there you go Jerry. Like 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 it was nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And we're sitting here on the heels of what the White Sox have done this year, right? Sitting here on the heels of what the White Sox have done this year, leading into whatever the Bulls are going to do this year. Like, how, how bad can you have it as one sports fandom? Like, if you're a Sox, Bears, Bulls fan right now, what are you holding on to? What are you truly holding on to, by the way? First practice underway for the Chicago Blackhawks. Connor Bedard and the boys about to take the city by storm. I'm sure all 47 of y'all will be watching that on a nightly basis until it bubbles up to where we have to, you know, get it popping. But when I first started on Twitter, the first person I followed was Rudy Gay. Like, I didn't know how to do Twitter, what Twitter was about, so I just started following basketball players, right? And then you then you get your information sources. And then, you know, as you go along, you interact with the platform. Now, now I don't know who is who, what is what. Information is being thrown around. We rely on social media so much in this business to promote, to engage, to uh, disseminate information that... On a day like that, like people with phones went full GameStop on the Chicago Bears. Full, you know, short sale, let's get this stock up just to piss people off. Things that got thrown out. You had 30 year NFL scouts defaming Twitter users and dudes who look like they live in their mama's basement. You had, you had guys and girls who are on the beat running around covering stories while they're there in Hallis Hall. Shout out to Scott, you know. Shout out to Courtney Cronin. Shout out to Herb Howard. Shout out to, shout out to everybody that was there. Kevin Fishbane, friend of the show. I mean, Jason Leisure's front and center asking questions. You got people covering it there and then having to jump on their phones to find out 
new information that was erroneous that they then had to ask questions about. Like, it's a nasty place to be in, man. Like, I know people watch sports and I know people um, dehumanize public figures and athletes and all those things because it's like, oh, you're rich. You should be able to deal with anything. But man, when we are public facing and things start to swirl that aren't true and you are locked up in that moment to, if I give it any credence, then it's going to catch fire. And if I don't say anything, what if it catches fire and then I should have you know, stepped out in front of it beforehand? Like you're making all these decisions and it's affecting people's personal lives. It's affecting people's professional Like, For instance, who's going to hire Alan Williams after this? And, and it has nothing to do with whatever is alleged or whatever he may have done or is in process of doing or his health issues, by the way. Football people are football people. And shutting it down three weeks into a season and your coaching staff, your fellow coaches calling it effing crazy and ridiculous and all the, you know, all the things that are flying around. You asking poor Dave Bargonzi, what you know, who's the defensive coordinator? You asking, you asking Matt Eberflus if he's the guy. Like, this is this is bad, y'all. This ain't this ain't good on any level. Like right now, what's what do you feel good about with the Chicago Bears? Like, I don't know a time where I didn't have a thing, a player, a game, an event, a moment. I, I don't know what right now. If someone, if an alien was to touch down in the city of Chicago and was like, yo, where should I go? I'm like, hey, alien, all those places have closed. Shout out to Red Diamonds. But if I could send you somewhere where odd things happen, <laughs> going up to Hallis Hall. Go on up to Hallis Hall and, and, and see what's going on. And if they would have asked me, what do you like about this team right now? I don't know what I would be able to say. There is nothing right now that I feel good about when it comes to the Chicago Bears. Now, they can go out and win two, three games in a row. I don't think it's going to happen. But the way this season has started, the way this, this quarterback journey has gone the way that 14 games of losing 11 in a row, by the way, was it 10, 11 in a row down the stretch has been paid off the season after with two losses, one against your division rival who you're supposed to be because they just starting a quarterback for the first real time. Like there's nothing about this situation right now that would lend to positivity or lend to uh, the words that, that, that people want to hear. Because that's the other thing, too. I hope the Bears aren't expecting some grand pat on the back from anybody. This whole us against the world thing, fine. Go ahead. If that's going to help y'all win a game, please be those guys. Screw everybody. Hey, put my face as a big old target on the, on, on the way out to Soldier Field if necessary. Put, put any broadcaster's face. Put, put the words that have been said about y'all on the screen so that they can see it. Because whatever's been happening is substandard. It's not good enough. And as we go along here, the pipes are bursting. 
There's very few diamonds being made. The pipes are out here bursting. This thing is taking on water. So now you have a head coach who now goes back to being a defensive coordinator, right? You have an offensive coordinator who is under fire, but his quarterback has given him enough cloud cover that he can continue to be inept. <laughs> and oh, by the way, the offensive line that you tried to spend money on and put draft resources into, four-fifths of it now have been hurt in the first three games of the season, two games of the season, I should say. Come on, man. There's nothing right now to be positive about this team. I've tried. So social media and the course that this thing has run, the story that this thing has become and will be and will continue because we, we still ain't even at the end of the Allen Williams cycle yet. We still don't know what's happening with that yet. Yeah, man. I've seen some weird times as a Bears fan. This is right up there as numero uno in terms of weirdness over a two or three day span. And it still ain't over yet. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Golf Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. This has been episode 293 of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank y'all for being a part of our therapy session here on Therapy Thursdays. Uh, hopefully y'all have talked to your person this week. If not, uh, hopefully you're getting ready to sign up. And I'm not just talking to Bears fans, I'm talking to everybody out there because poor, we all need it, especially with this team and, and what's happening in this city. So I want to thank Benjamin Solak. That's right. Wrote a terrific piece on the ringer.com. Make sure you check him out. He is uh, one of the staff writers that covers the NFL for the ringer. Does a terrific job. Anytime we have been on, I appreciate his energy, his candor, and also the fact that he knows his stuff, man. Y'all, y'all can hear it when he breaks it down. So thanks to Ben for hopping on with us. I want to thank our production staff. The shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. I want to thank the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff saying thank you so much for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to it, following us on the socials. Appreciate y'all for hitting up the voicemail line. I already know that thing is going to be cracking for Sunday. 773-359-3103 is the voicemail line. Phone number 773-359-3103. You can leave all your comments, your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, your wishes, whatever you need right there on the voicemail line. Also, also, uh, thank y'all for rating and reviewing this thing. I'm seeing the numbers going up. Yeah, man. Y'all giving it the five stars that you know it needs. If not, we will see you in the streets. We will talk to y'all on Sunday after Bears Chiefs. Y'all um, buckle up. Patrick Mahomes has been watching all of this and maniacally laughing in his lair uh, filled with fried chicken. No, I was just joking. Y'all, y'all remember the joke, right? Y'all remember when his wife said his favorite food was fried chicken and he said it wasn't. I don't want y'all like just clipping that and cutting that up and being like, hey, man, golf said that Patrick Mahomes would just be sitting in the crib eating fried chicken. So, yeah, he's sitting there waiting to put 35 up on the Bears. It's going to be a bloodbath, I think. Um, no matter what us against the world attitude this team has, they're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs who are going to get this thing in gear at some point, offensively especially, because that defense has been kicking ass. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. We'll be right back here on the full go. Thank you so much. We'll leave you with this. As always, y'all, take care of each other. Be safe. 
And remember to stay sucker free. It's very hard to do these days, but remember to stay sucker free. For the fellas, I'm Jason saying we'll talk to y'all on Sunday. Peace.